an ability to perceive images within things unrelated to the perception. Welcome to Psychic Playdate Podcast. I'm psychic artist Melanie Alberts, and I'm excited that today I get to get creative with spirit artist Coral Ryder. There will definitely be a visual aspect to today's episode, but we'll explain things in detail as we go along. And I'll post images from this show on my Facebook and Instagram pages. I hope you enjoy listening. The first 22 people to like and share my first few episode posts on Facebook or Instagram will be entered into a drawing for a free psychic art sitting with me. And you can find me on Facebook at Melanie Albert's Spirit and Psychic Art, and my Insta profile is Claire Circles Spirit Art, and I'll put these links in the show notes. Today I'm hanging out with and practicing the art of seeing things within things with Coral Ryder. Notably, Coral is the first certificate holder in spirit art through the Spiritualist National Union. I have a piece of paper and a pencil with me, and I look forward to doing a little sketch using an easy method of connecting to spirit. And here she is. Well, hi, Coral. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and get together and practice some psychic arts. It's wonderful to see you again. It's been a while. Normally, we only get to hear each other. We don't actually get to see each other. That's right. So that's, we met it's each other a on, Yeah, we met each other on the SNUI internet site. and Our affectionately known as Snooey. Snooey. And we were in audio rooms. We were in audio chat rooms. And so it was really hard to do the art aspect you had to scan what you're drawing and email it to you and you'd had to upload it to the whiteboard and now they do zoom so yeah. that's much better and we're we're recording this on zoom so we'll be able to see what we're practicing with each other but our listeners won't and what i'll do is i will uh, post scans of what we worked on today on my Facebook and Instagram. So people will be able to see what we've done. And I'm so excited. So um, we have so much to talk about and I'm excited for my listeners to get to know you. And I know that your mom is a spiritualist minister. And so you grew up around mediums, but you didn't get into spirit art until you were an adult. How did that happen? So uh, I grew up in a house where mediumship was normal. It was my mum, as I say, it was, uh, she was the president of Billingham Spiritualist Church in England. And she'd been going to that church oh, over 50 years. She's been going to that church now. Wow. And so I grew up with my mum being a medium. My father used to think it was hilarious and used to tease her and say, oh, you're off to the spookies again, are you? Uh, until one day she challenged him. And she basically went, come along to the to the church service and see what happens. So he went along and he sat in the traditional put, prove it to me pose, arms crossed, legs out, stern faced. And this uh, medium worker on the platform says, can I come to the, to the gentleman? And we had to elbow him and go, that person's speaking to you. And he received uh, a message from uh, one of his friends from work when he was about in his 20s who'd hung himself. And the, the gentleman's father had found him at the back of an alley and this medium had described all this information. And my father was gobsmacked. 
he was in so much shock about it because he'd never even spoke to my mother about it. Wow. So my mum didn't even know anything about it. And he was like, how's that possible? I never told you. I never told a living soul. So how can that person know this information? So my father then got intrigued and he also then ended up uh, coming into spiritualism. But he came through it into it in, from a scientific point of view. So he wanted to know about how matter can pass through matter and all of those kind of things. So he approached it from a scientific point of view. My mum was the resident medium in our in our house and my father ended up being a healer. So I had my father being, uh, yeah, he was an approved healer of the union. Uh, my eldest brother is an approved healer of the union, uh, an exceptional medium in his own right. My brother was in the middle of us. He was a spirit artist before me. Oh. and a medium uh so yeah it's it, i just grew up with it being normal but in my house it was normal outside of the house my friends were a bit unnerved by it because i started doing things that i would have dreams and then they would happen i would uh i would make jokes and then they would happen uh i can still remember one day a friend saying oh shall we tell her shall we tell her and i went you don't need to tell me i already know melanie's pregnant and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> And I don't know how the words came out of my mouth. It just came out of my mouth. And one of our friends, she was 15 and she was pregnant. And how I knew, I just don't know. I just knew it. Now, yeah. as an adult, I know it was clear cognizance. It was just clear knowing. I somehow knew that she, that she, she was pregnant. So people and, like us grew up uh, with this ability and people thought we were witches. Yeah. And this was part of the problem. I was, I, I had, a, in, at home, I had a good life. Uh, it was happy, apart from me and Ralph used to fight a lot, but sibling rivalry, yeah. <laughs> as you do, everybody has it. But in school, I had a really bad time in school. I was quite badly, badly bullied. So from my perspective, it was, I didn't want to lose the friends I had by them being frightened of my abilities. So I asked Spirit to take a step back and they did. And they Good. waited until I was uh, in my thirties. And it was my trigger, I suppose, was my father-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I was very close to him. He was a wonderful man. His name was Robbie. And uh, he was an artist himself. He was a really interesting guy. And when he was diagnosed, I just needed the comfort of going back to church. You know, I'd been married there. My children had been named in there, but I just, the moment I stepped through the door, it felt like I'd come home and it Lovely. was a wonderful feeling. Yeah. And I just knew I belonged. And I started going week after week. And my mum says, well, you keep coming every week. Why don't you come along to the development group? Why don't you come to the Lyceum and explore your own abilities? Because as I say, I'd put them on the back shelf. Unless it was sure. an emergency, I didn't want to be interrupted. I was more interested in this life than the next. I already knew there was life after death. I'd been raised with it. It was, it was all around me as a child. If I saw anything, I'd go run into mom. She'd explain it in very easy, down-to-earth terms. You're so lucky. <laughs> I know. Um, I do find myself, when I talk to people about it, I am blessed with it because I grew up with no fear of the spirit world at all. Oh, that's wonderful. There is nothing to fear from the spirit world. All of the fears that people have of communicating with spirit and that sort of thing is man-made fears. Mm -hmm. And it's often because people would start to sense something around them, not know where it was, and are being told, oh, it must be something dark and ominous. So then fear begets fear and their imaginations take over. It runs riot with them. And then they become scared of their own shadow. Right. And it's, it, there's nothing to fear from the spirit world. So that's the one thing I'm extremely grateful from uh, my upbringing with my, so my mum being there. So you were sitting 
uh, were you doing a video game or something? And you heard spirit yeah. say, put that down and pick up a pencil. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was. I started going to the Lyceum and each week I sat in awe watching people getting all this information because I'd switched my abilities off in my late teens. Um, and it was actually it was I was about 15, I should say, 14, 15 when I switched them off. And I just sat in amazement because people were getting, they were seeing things, they were hearing things, they were feeling things, they were knowing things. And I was like, how are you getting all this information? And then one one day it was like, is this somebody flicked a switch inside my mind and my abilities sort of flicked back on? And the first thing I got was an image. I described the image. The next week I started to hear things and I described what I was hearing. The next week I started feeling things. And then a few weeks after that, it was about, 10 weeks in I think it was it was May the 26th that I can remember wow <laughs> yeah May 26 2005 I was sat playing on a playstation I was playing Metal Gear Solid I still remember the exact level I was on where I was running across the screen and I heard as clear as day can you put that down paper pencil draw and it that was quickly those it was just, exact words bam. and you it was followed that down, spirits paper words. pencil draw yeah right. so um, I decided to respond and I went okay fair enough I will uh, so I turned it off I went upstairs found a quiet spot and I sat with my pencil poised with my eyes closed waiting for something to happen and then I heard can you open your eyes so I can see what I'm doing please <laughs> <laughs> um, which was an odd thing um, but so I did and the moment I opened my eyes my hand took off but all it was doing was going like circles round and round and round um, and the best way I describe it is, you know, when you were a child and you would run down a hill and your legs would be going too fast for your body or your body was going too fast for your legs. It was that kind of a sensation. I was just going, it was just going too fast for me. It's difficult to keep up. But then I had this feeling of frustration and I thought, you're left-handed, aren't you? And the moment I thought it, I heard, yes, thank you. Pencil went to my left hand and I drew my first portrait. You drew your first portrait. And you, did, you didn't draw before. I doodled in school. Uh, when doodled, I was young, yeah. I, used to, I used to love to doodle and, and maybe scribble little, um, little characters and things like that. But I couldn't draw people. My art teacher, the highest she ever gave me in the entirety of school was two out of ten. And two that was out of ten. <laughs> two out of ten for effort. That's all I ever got. Oh, that was generous. Um, so, yeah, so I, I gave up drawing because I thought, what's the point? If, if I can't draw, then there's no point in me doing it. Even though I loved drawing when I was little, but obviously I wasn't very good. Otherwise, I would have had a mark higher than two out of ten. Uh, so, yeah, I, I quit drawing. So I never expected it to be something that was within me. And don't get me wrong, the first drawing I did, my mother's reaction was I wouldn't want to bump into her in a dark alley. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a very good drawing, but I was excited because it was a face. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but did you, there, but was... did you get information too? Did you get information? No, not at that moment. So you it don't was... know who that person was? Uh, not to begin with. It was, oh, I do now. Oh. <laughs> and I did get snippets. It was signed with her name, which was Marge. Uh, after that, every portrait that I did was signed with a fountain pen in her name with my left hand. So, her so name is was Marge, Marge Is Marge the guide? Mm -hmm lady who yeah she's the lady who draws with me oh that's the name i have for the lady who draws with me of course it might not actually be her name yeah because we all know the problem that you've got with guides <laughs> it's 
it's is yeah. it are we painting the image on them is it actually the person are they portraying themselves as they were or are they portraying themselves in a manner our mind couldn't understand at the time we need i think it's the latter i think it's the latter yeah i think it's a mixture only mm-hmm. because of experiences that i've had so for instance uh you will know about Coral Pauls, one of the most famous spirit artists the world has ever seen to date. She was wonderful. Her, she was given who her guide was, who was working through her. She then drew a portrait of him and then he guided her to where she would find a self-portrait of him in a museum. That's really cool. So that's that gave her confirmation. That's happened yeah, to me. It's I've amazing how many people it I'd, happens to. Yeah, I'd go to Wikipedia. I'd draw somebody and I'd get information and I'd put all this information and, and Wikipedia would pop up a photograph of the person I just drew and the information yep. matched. And usually the date was something to do with either their birthday or death date yep. or something like that. It's so, amazing how that can happen. I was wondering, are you named after Coral Polge? The amount of people who ask that question. No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> My mother had never even heard of Coral Polge at the time when I was named. She had never even heard the name Coral. She just knew she was going to have a daughter. Her name would be Coral. That's all she was told. That's funny. Oh my god! I know it's bizarre, but yeah, she was told before I was born that she was my husband is English. My husband's English, and he said, well, "Who's the name of the person you're, you're playing with today?" And I said, "Coral Paul." She goes, "Coral's not her real name," because <laughs> I don't know anybody <laughs> named Coral in England. And I said, "Well, you know, maybe she's named after Coral Paul." So I had to ask. No, uh, but I do get asked it frequently. Uh, I also get asked, is Coral working with me? And I would love to be at the city and go, "Oh yes, Coral Paul, she's working with me," but I can't. I cannot honestly say that. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't dream to put myself forward and, and Oh, and sure, because you what have I, integrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can say I know that she periodically pops in to check how I'm doing. I've had that confirmed from several mediums who knew her well. And when I've had sittings, I've turned around and said, because uh, one of them, a uh, lovely gentleman called Bill Parkins, uh, I won a sitting with him. And this was in my early stages. I'd only just started to draw. And all of a sudden he went, you knew Coral Polge. I went, yes, because she stood right here. I didn't know you knew Coral, because <laughs> he did know her. Uh, but I'd only met her a couple of times. So it was, I was, oh, God, how old was I? I was about 13, 14, maybe. And she stayed at our house. Oh, wow. She was booked to do a service at Billingham Church. My mum was the president of the church at that time. And so when we had guest mediums traveling, they would stay at our house. And it was the first time I'd met anybody with the same name as me. And it was bizarre because every time my mum said the name Coral, we both answered. And then we'd look at each other with this strange look on our face of like, oh, that's a bit strange. That's an unusual (laughs) situation because it's such an unusual name. It is, yeah. Uh, But I soon found out that whenever she meant me, it was Coral go put the kettle on. (laughs) So Coral, when I was a kid... I used to spend a lot of time in nature. Uh, I loved being away from my five brothers and sisters. I loved going out in nature and staring into the creeks, running water, or I just look out into the woods and see faces in the, the tree bark. Now, this is, this is a fundamental urge, I believe, for us to yeah. connect with nature and to see ourselves looking back out from the natural forces around us. And I think today we should talk about that. And you know the scientific name for that phenomenon. I do. It's, uh, and it. it's, yeah. Uh, so it's basically the, the scientific name for it is pareidolia. And it basically is the mind trying to perceive 
uh, faces in random imagery. So it's things like when you stare at clouds and all of a sudden the cloud, the pattern slightly changes and it moves into looking like a dog or a cat or a tree. Your brain is trying to make sense of random imagery. Uh, I find it absolutely fascinating uh, because it's one of the earliest ways that somebody can utilize objective clairvoyance. Explain that. What is that? Yeah. So objective clairvoyance is when you see spirit appear in front of you in varying different ways. So some people might see spirit appear in front of them as a solid person. Some people might see them appear, but be slightly transparent. So they can tell the difference whether it's a person in the physical body or a person not within the physical body, or as we often refer to as incarnate spirit or discarnate spirit. But because our mind will start to try and make faces out of random pixels and it's a natural born ability spruik can utilize it to help us to see objectively so what might happen with that is you might be staring at the clouds or you might be staring at a wall or anything with a pattern on it uh, that's just random your brain will try and make sense of it now part of it is that you are looking for predators or prey it stems right the way back to the very dawning of man. That's why it's, a, it's part of your survival instinct. Fight or flight. So, fight or flight. It's exactly it. So let's face it, our psychic ability is actually our survival instinct honed to another level. Exactly. So we have this, this wonderful survival instinct. And part of it stems from the looking for predators or prey. You know, it's like, is it going to eat me or can I eat it? Our basic survival instinct. <laughs> it also stems from babies' facial recognition system. So as babies, what we see, we don't see the full face. We see the dark area for the eyes and the dark area for the mouth. That's newborns. Newborns, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So part of that facial recognition system, we're looking for that. So even in software, when it's got facial recognition system in software, that can be fooled by pareidolia. I think it's something like 38% of the time. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever had it where you pick up your mobile phone, you go to take a picture and you think, why is it putting a square over here? Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's focused in on two dots and a dash and it thinks it's a face. So it's even, you know, software can be filled by pareidolia. There is a gentleman out there who has a, it's a camera. I forget the name of the gentleman, but I know it's a Nimbus Max 7, I think it was. And he has it pointing at the clouds and it's programmed with facial recognition. So every time it sees two dots and a dash, it takes a photo. Oh, so he always has it set up this way? So he has it set up to look at the clouds just floating past. Oh, and if please. anything floats past that looks like a face, it goes yeah. click. Please send me some information and I'll put it in the program notes so people can yeah, check that out. Yeah, I, I will do. It's really, really cool. And one of them, it looks like a gentleman with this great big, huge beard. And you look at it and you think, no wonder our ancestors thought the gods lived in the heavens. Yes. Because Good they point. would see faces floating past they'd see like sort of random things that their brain would then change into like varying different icons uh the religious form of it is called herophony that's anything that appears to be the sacred so sometimes you, you might see some people claim to see uh, um jesus in a slice of toast or mother Teresa in a bagel i've got mm-hmm. all these pictures i can send you some of these pictures they're great i love them oh i've seen <laughs> the jesus in the toast yeah that's awesome yeah. if i ever see jesus in my toast well i, I think it would be a miracle because i don't <laughs> eat toast <laughs> well there's a tree i think it's in uh, if i remember rightly it's in singapore and it's got a monkey in it mm-hmm. and people go they believe it's the monkey god the monkey king. Oh. So they lay offerings of fruit at the base of the tree to the monkey god. And it's, that's part of herophony. So it's a religious uh, pareidolia. 
so yeah it's fascinating the other thing with with it is it's not just visual so you've got visual pareidolia where your brain will try to make sense out of random pixels that is saying it'll turn it into a face but you've also got audio pareidolia and that is where have you ever been in the shower and all of a sudden you think oh is that somebody calling my name because of the sound of the water running in that sort of thing so anything that can be a random sound like uh, that's the babbling brook the babbling yeah, brook right that's, you can hear things in the babbling brook so how can yeah. people use this with spirit art right okay so the thing with spirit art with it is you can get a piece of paper and i know that you, you're going to play with it later with yeah. crumpling up a piece of paper yeah. and then trying to see what you can see in the pattern left behind you can take a piece of chalk and you know when you were a kid and you would do rubbings so you'd mm -hmm. like sort of put the piece of paper of something with a texture Yes. And then just rub over the top of it. You can do that. I just do a random squiggle and then just pick it up, start to turn it around and look within it. But all mediumship is about intent. You've got to set your intent first. What's my experiment for this? Am I just doing psychic reading for somebody on it? Am I getting a communication from the spirit world? So it's set your intent, attuned to that link with the spirit world, if that's what you're planning on utilizing it for, and ask them, can you bring me? A communicator for the person I'm working with today and can you let me see what you want me to see let That's me hear what you want simple. me to hear very let me simple. feel what you want me to feel let me know what mm -hmm. you want me to know let me walk in your shoes just for a brief moment in your time I and think then, a lot of people are afraid to ask or don't know that they can ask you can and have a conversation with they spirit. just feel it has to come naturally and has to be downloaded automatically but no you have to yeah you have to have a conversation you sometimes have you have to prompt you Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to prompt you gotta remember they are still people so if they were shy in this life they might still be shy that's part of their characteristic trait or it's part of the evidence of their character because if all of a sudden you bring somebody through who's um very bold in their approach and that sort of thing yet in life they were very shy and timid you're not going to accept that as evidence so sometimes they come in the manner that they were in order to show people this is the evidence of who i was I found I used to sit in awe of the spirit world. I really did. I would sit there and just like anything that fell into my head, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Little bits of coming here. And then I just had an epiphany moment of, hold on a minute, they're people. They're just not within a physical body anymore. So then it was like, well, hi, I'm Coral and you are. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. when you meet somebody for the first time you don't just sit there and wait for them to give. give oh, of course give. not. You have a conversation, a give and take. Yes, there are it's emotions a give and take. between you. Yes. So sometimes it's a prompt. You know, it's, I've, I've said this to people several times before, but, and I get the, the idea that we just allow what spirit want to give, because that is very important, because our job is to the spirit world. That's where our allegiance lays. And we want to be able to deliver the message that the spirit want to deliver. But sometimes I found uh, in my work that sometimes people need a bit of a prompt of, areas that could be deemed as evidence because you say to anybody give me 10 things about yourself that is evidential that will prove your existence to someone else and people get stuck oh They're sure like, oh Absolutely. what do i say about me that's right you know and, I mean? and so much of what you can say about yourself can be accepted for 50 other people yeah, at least exactly and you're trying to get those unique pieces that people will absolutely recognize and it can be a struggle so sometimes you've got to just give a few little prompts <laughs> Uh, but eventually it just flows because spirit know what you're expecting. They know that you're willing to give the message you want to deliver. So they just start giving you that information before you've even asked.
It's wonderful. Well, now I'm going to prompt you. Prompt. <laughs> I'm going to prompt you. You said that today you wanted to talk about the tiles in your bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> What's that all about? Well, it's 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 about the pareidolia again. And before we do that, if it's okay with you, Melanie, I am going to read something to you. Oh, please. Uh, I think you I think you'll find this interesting. So as I said, pareidolia is uh, it's natural vulnerability. And the reason why we're going to talk about my tiles is because my tiles in my bathroom are wonderful for pareidolia. But I want to take you back several, several, several years, quite a long time ago, back into the days of Leonardo da Vinci. So we know da Vinci was born 40, uh, 15th of April, 1452. He passed to the world of spirit on the 2nd of May, 1519. Now, a lot of people respect his work as being one of the most wonderful master painters and inventors the world has ever seen. Now, I came across a quote from Leonardo da Vinci. So I'm just going to read it out for you because this describes pareidolia beautifully. So it's, I will not refrain from setting among these precepts a new device for consideration, which although it may appear trivial and almost ludicrous, is nevertheless of great utility in arousing the mind to various inventions. And this is that if you look at any walls spotted with various stains or with a mixture of different kinds of stones, if you are about to invent some scene, you will be able to see in it a resemblance to various different landscapes adorned with mountains, rivers, rocks, trees, plains, wide valleys, and various groups of hills. You will also be able to see diverse combats and figures in quick movement, and strange expression of faces and outlandish costumes, and an infinite number of things which you can then reduce into separate and well-conceived forms. With such walls and blends of different stones, it comes about as it does with a sound of bells in whose clanging you may discover every name and word you can imagine. He's describing pareidolia. That's wonderful. He used to, watch. Oh he used to look God. into the walls, the patterns and things would move, then he would see a scene and then he would sketch the scene. Now, you get a link with the spirit world. Let me see what you want me to see. And if you can draw what you see, you draw the shadows as they change into these forms, you draw what you're seeing. And you don't have to be an artist to practice this. Nope. You don't have to be an artist to trace. Nope. We can all trace. The majority of people can pick up a piece of paper, lay it over something and trace it. Right. So the beautiful thing about the pareidolia is if you're going to click it into art is you either create that cloud like form or you get a pattern like what I, my patterns in my tiles in my bathroom and you look within it, you get that intent with the spirit world, and then you try and trace what it is that you see. Okay, so what have you seen in your tiles? I have seen all sorts of wonderful things. Besides and mold. <laughs> my besides mold, yes. <laughs> um, so it's, it stems back to our, all of our pioneers, our ancestors in this, when they looked into tea leaves, when they looked into the embers of a fire. If you watch The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe, when Lucy's with Mr. Tumnal, mm -hmm. Tumnus, I never remember his name properly, uh, and you see the, the, the flames all moving around and it takes on a scene and there's little battles. Well, this is what our pioneers used to do. They used to sit in front of the embers of the fire and it's pareidolia that, they that, that they're using. Spirit would utilize that ability. So with the tiles, it's, I showed you a picture of the tile that I was gonna use. And it's, what I found is when I'm laid in the bath and I'm relaxing and your mind goes into that autopilot, sometimes spirit come along and have a little chat with me, but. If I'm looking at the tiles, the tiles, the patterns, again, I will say, they start changing in shape. 
and then I might see a dog and a cat and then I might see a person with them and then it, it, varying different scenes start to appear in these tales so I print them off and I use them in varying different workshops with okay people. so are you taking a photograph with your iPhone or your your smartphone are you and taking now, a photo I happen to have yeah sometimes I take photos uh of of varying different things that I think would help to stimulate someone's visual paradigm. You're not, you're not drawing on the wall. No, no, okay. I haven't gone that far. But what I, I have done is I've took that. photos. <laughs> um, I have taken photos of varying different things that have uh, different textures and things like that, that you have those shadows, the light areas, dark areas that mm -hmm. can be really used well for pareidolia. And then I laminate them and then I use a dry white pens Mm -hmm. So in a workshop, I have the like things like this. You laminate mm -hmm. it so it's got a plastic thing that you can clear off. And then you get people to link with the world of spirit, look within it, and then just take the dry white pen and start tracing over the top. That's awesome. That's a great idea. So what have, had, you, what have you drawn recently? Oh, what have I drawn recently? I, I've done a few sketches, but I haven't really done a pareidolia one for a while. So Do you want to do you one don't... with me? Can you we can draw? try. Yeah, try that. I don't know whether I'm going to be try. able to draw over the top of it, but I could describe to you yeah, where that. I'm just, seeing rather than. Okay, so as I said, the beauty about these is you can look within them, you can turn them around to see varying different things. So let's see what we can see. And you are just looking at a scan of your tiles right now. Yeah. And I will so basically, post this on my Facebook or Instagram so people can see what you're seeing. Yeah. So I basically had um, a spare tile. I always keep a spare tile just in case. <laughs> and I stuck it on my scanner and scanned it. So, okay. So as I'm looking within this, there's an area in the, just move it around a little bit because I'm wanting to see someone connected to you would be good. Okay, as I'm looking at this, I'm aware of a gentleman. Uh, I can see that he has, um, he's thinning on top. He's got a beard, though, that comes around at the sides, although I can see that he's, he's thinning on top. All right, let's see what else goes with this gentleman. I know with this gentleman, as he comes in here, I'm aware of a dog coming in there with him, and I know it's a terrier. Does that make any sense to you at all? Hmm. I'm, I'm not thinking of anybody who had a terrier because um, I love that breed of dog, but I don't know anybody well, there's, who had there's a Well, there's lots of different types of terriers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I know that's it's true. a terrier type. Oh, you know, I know who this is. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm not yeah. getting the connection yet, but I do feel it though I, I want to go up um, not father's generation. I want to go two generations. Would that make sense to you? Um, the person I'm thinking of isn't a family member. But I'm not saying family, but I want to go up two generations. Oh, so I know he's no. older than you are. He's older than I am, but not that old. Right. Okay. Well, if I've got the that that connection okay, wrong, then, that's me then it's it probably not spirit. the person I'm thinking of. So bear with me. Yeah, right. Okay. Because I just I feel as though he's he's not on your same age length. I want to go up a little bit from that. So if I get it wrong, I get it wrong. Oh, but no I just worries. know that he's older than you are. Uh, but I do have a feeling with this gentleman that he has an interest in more than just um, dogs. There is a connection with animals with this gentleman. Would that make sense to you? Yes, yes. Okay. Because now I, I know feel this, this... an affinity. It's almost like I'm whispering to them. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's I know who you're talking about. that I get here. Oh, as long as, as long as it makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grandfather. It's it's not a great grandfather, but he was very old. He right. So he was grandfather. Yeah, but it, he was an older grandfather. You might have noticed that my hands do this movement. You're raising I your only, hand up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's something that happened with me a little while ago. I clicked that when I'm talking, I'm trying to discern a relationship. My hand sort of either stays on. If I'm here, I'm on the same uh, age group as yourself oh, okay if my so hand if goes up once if your I know hands are like to... level with so, your chin yeah so if i so it's like okay. this area i know i'm the same age group as myself if i go up one level i know i'm looking to parents aunts or of that age group if okay. i go up twice i know i'm going to a grandparents gotcha oh that's so so cool. it's almost like i'm following a, a, a family or friendship tree yeah, yeah. But that's I know really that with this gentleman, my hand moved up twice. So that's why I knew I was going up to a grandfather's sort of age group with him. So, but I wasn't sure whether I was a family link or not yet. So that's why I said, but I just know I'm in the grandfather's sort of age group. Uh, but I know that this particular gentleman, there is an affinity to animals because I do feel as though at some point he would have worked with or been around horses. Does that make sense? Yeah, to you? yeah. They had a farm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm just, I, I'm aware of that. Uh, as I'm looking into here because my little shadows are changing into varying different things um there is also you see I wish you hadn't said farm because I'm aware of flat but then there is uh, mountains in the distance would that Mm -hmm. make sense to you Mm -hmm. yeah visible yeah um, and you can see snow on the top of them Mm -hmm. most year round that would have been that would have been in Italy actually yeah okay (laughs) yeah yeah uh where else have we got Right, I know as well with this gentleman that he has an interest in fishing as well. Mm-hmm. And at some point, um, he would have lived near a lake. Yes, I can take that. I can take because that. I, I know that he's got a, a boat that he's taken out onto that lake to go fishing. And I know sometimes um, when it freezes, he's also doing ice fishing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So um, I'm just being... Because all of a sudden, this just changed ice on me. I don't know why it did, but... <laughs> And then my brain just translates it into uh, him doing ice fishing. Okay. Um, where else have we got here? You're getting a lot of information from that tile. That's really fun. <laughs> it's basically, it's the brain is using something visual in order to interpret the signal that's coming in. So let me try on you. I'm taking yeah. a piece of paper. This is just standard paper. And I'm going to crumple it. Yep. And I'm thinking about, I'm giving my intent while I'm crumpling it. And I'm going to unfold it. So I'm gently unwadding it. It was a wad, and now it's an unwad. <laughs> Taking some psychic rubbish here. <laughs> and I'm going to just put it on uh, my table here, and I'm going to get a pencil. And I immediately see a, a face, uh, and it's, oh, I can see somebody. And I'm just taking my pencil here, and it's, I've got head and shoulders. And I feel this is a gentleman. Um, this is somebody who had a bit of weight on him, uh, and he's uh, got his, his hands akimbo, sort of like he, he did uh, martial arts or something like that. That's how he's okay. standing. And he's, um, he feels like he's, a uh, fairly average height, not too much bigger, but he had a little bit of a, a weight around his middle. And he's holding, um, he's holding a pencil. 
So he's he's here to draw with us. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Do you understand who this might be? Um, possibly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my brain's going to two people at the moment. <laughs> okay. So I'm 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 just taking my pencil and very lightly drawing in eyes and um, I'm drawing facial hair. So if that person had facial hair, this person has facial hair. Uh, and I'm just getting a real sweet sense with him, sort of a very playful personality. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he's just really, he's really keen on what you're doing and thinks that you're, you're, you're just, the bee's knees. You're just... Um... Now, it's funny that you should use that term okay. because growing up, I used to go mental every time my mother used to say, oh, you look the bee's knees. I used to think it was an insult. So this is somebody in your family. And so it's somebody who used... Yes, he knows exactly what the bee's knees means. <laughs> so... Oh, so excellent. That, that just phrase just came out and I had to give it to you. So And so I'm going to... Um, I, I would never... like publish this picture because it sucks <laughs> not a very good picture let me show you you can't even see it you can't you know i, I can't see it, show it you can't see it all oh, right okay i can see a little bit yeah be it yeah. yeah okay yeah you can't see much but but it was enough to make me link or feel the link to someone and have that information come through because i'm i'm just sketching and i have this kind of um you know i'm, I'm distracted it's the distraction of drawing yeah. i think that helps a lot of people and i think if you are having trouble picking up because you're just too much in your head it's really good for people to pick up a pencil and just start doodling just absolutely well, that's one of the other things that. that you can do he did, he did uh, but it's also one of those things that you can do you can utilize paradox or sometimes you can just pick up a pencil and just let it start doing little swells yeah let it do little little circles over and over and over again as a warm-up as a warm-up yeah and then but obviously you set your intent first get the link the world of spirit and then just say right okay i'm going to start doodling and let me feel where to go yeah and i mentioned harold sharp and he was a person who um, popularized the orograph and yes, i know he that he started doing them because he'd be on the telephone with his pen and just start doodling while he was talking to somebody and getting information yep. about them. And that's how yep. he started that. And I think that's he such an easy them, thing to do. Oh, absolutely. And he described them as an artistic diagram of the human aura. Excellent. And that's, Which is fascinating. That's, yeah. And that's a subject for another play date. It is, definitely. <laughs> we'll definitely. talk about orographs. I, I can't draw speed, speed orographs. I can interpret one pretty easily, but drawing them fast doesn't happen with me. It takes me days to draw an orograph. So Coral, you have a, a you have a couple of talks coming up. Is that uh, yeah. something I talked about? Uh, yeah, um, I'm doing a Spirit Within Art. So I'm doing a talk on June the 17th at seven o'clock UK time. Uh, you're more than welcome to and that's join on me, Zoom? your listeners. It's on Zoom. Yeah. So anybody's welcome to come and join me for that. And then I'm doing one later on, which will be on the power of thought and prayer. Oh, wonderful. And I'll put the links in the program notes uh, oh, lovely, for thank you. that. And I just so much enjoyed being with you today. Me it's too. It's been a, lovely. Such a fun time. And I really look forward to playing with you again sometime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you for, for inviting me. I've enjoyed oh, myself. Oh, you're welcome. My <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode four of Psychic Playdate Podcast. 
I'm looking forward to hanging out with other friends in the psychic arts and bringing their talents to you so you can check it out. Perhaps practice the techniques that we demonstrate and prove how like bands of a rainbow, we may appear distinct, but are truly integrated as one awareness. If you've listened this far, thank you. You may want to support me on my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Melanie Alberts. I offer special perks for patrons who donate. Hey, be good to each other and believe in the power of play.